Y'all know who it is. It's the Mischievous One coming at you live, coming at you with a new podcast. This is going to be the pilot episode with me and David Montes. Come back and hear us talk about the latest in the political world and basically culture at large. Join us. Right, everybody, welcome to the pilot episode of our podcast, which is yet to be named. Um, But we're just going to be kind of winging it, trying to see where we can go. You might hear some edits in between, but that's just to get rid of the coughs and clears our throats and any mess ups that we might have. Uh, But for everybody first tuning in, my name is Orlando Regales. I was a Democrat for about 20 some years, and uh, I'd say within the last mm, maybe eight to ten years, I slowly started uh, moving toward the right. Um, it's hard to explain, but the older you get, the more uh, traditions and values and morals come into play, and it becomes a big part of your life. Um, but I'm sitting here with a good friend of mine, David Montes. Uh, please introduce yourself and let us, let us know who you are. Yes, that is me, and um, yeah, I'm uh, just kind of hanging out, I guess. No, so... Um, I don't know. I guess I don't have a story like that. You know that that was a really nice intro. That was that was good. Uh, so I've been, you know, kind of. I guess I'm taking kind of an entrepreneurial approach. I mean, I guess how why I'm here. I guess why I'm on this podcast is I've been um, looking to to get into online business because there's a whole lot of opportunity, and uh, you know, looking to take advantage of of that opportunity and get things rolling. Yeah. Get things rolling. So it's, uh, and, 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 and so I guess the reason why I'm putting it that way is that I, I didn't really want to be on a podcast at all. I kind of forced them to be. <laughs> Cause I'm sort I like, I, I like sort of kind of being behind the scenes. I'm used to, to the backside of the production. So, uh, wanting to, you know, have a uh, work with, uh, work with some, Good people and talented people to uh, put together a podcast. I finally ended up finding someone who who wanted to do it, and then and then at the end of the day, would only do it if I would do it. So uh, I ended up in a situation that, yeah, I don't know. So, anyways, I'm rambling, but that's because <clears throat> no, 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 it's fine. Again, I'm still stymied by that wonderful introduction. He's a natural. He's a natural. I just winged it, but. Uh... Yes, yeah, so definitely uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of uh, the political world, uh, culture at large, um, pretty much anything that kind of swings our way. This is a kind of loose format uh, for conversation mainly, but of course there might end up going to points where we get into debates. Um, I'm a little bit more right uh, of leaning than, than David is, so we have very good, interesting, and intelligent conversations that we're hoping to bring to you guys and hope you enjoy them. Uh, sorry if you hear the banging. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna be putting stuff away right now. Um, <clears throat> but let's just start off with with some of the most current events that we've we've recently just went through. So there's two main events that we just went through. We went through the bombing scare, where um, fake bombs or bombs that were pretty much inert or, or inactive being sent to about 13 major Democratic um, party. <clears throat> 
people, I guess we can say. And uh, they were all addressed to only to Democrats. The only oddball out of the bunch was Robert De Niro, which was a little bit... Well, I'd say uh, they're all oddballs, but... Well, I mean, they're all the main... That's just a, that's just a cheap joke. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they're, they're all the the main vocal Democrats that are taking the lead in, in trying to, to lead the Democratic Party. Um, there's But there's too many voices and too many messages, and there's no unification within their own party. They, they're kind of splitting into a socialist section as to classic Democrats. And um, that kind of leads into the whole... Um, walk away campaign. Why don't you let me uh, tell me a little bit about the walk away campaign? What do you think about it? Well, I think it's interesting, um, and it's something that uh, I think is 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 important because there's actually been. I mean, it, in recent years, <clears throat> in the past few decades, though, the people maybe listening to this, whatever Gen X, Millennial, or whatever. I mean, our memory is of uh, George W. Bush. Before Obama, I mean, really, Obama. For some of these people, that's 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 kind of what they grew up with. Before yeah. um, that, Reagan. But people tend to forget just how long of a uh, control the Democrats had over the country, going back from FDR yeah. in uh, in '32, all the way to well, you did have Ike, and that's the thing. So you so you you sort of had it like you know break up here and there. But essentially you had, and that was also when we're looking just at the presidents, we're looking at the actual legislature, we're looking at Congress, it's definitely, definitely very uh, dominant Democrat for several decades up until, you know, the, the election of Reagan and, uh, you know, the whole Reagan revolution uh, era. And then, of course, that's where a lot of our modern politics come from, is not just because it's kind of generational, but... Um, the idea of at that time, you know, the rise of the religious right, yeah. and, and and certain things that now we've 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 have in the, but but you know what Obama changed things that sort of kind of ended that whole kind of Reagan era, really, and I think this goes back to two thousand and six, in in a sense. So two thousand and six is when basically uh, the Republican part, the, the Republicans, a lot of them just didn't vote. They were, they were fed up because of the contract of America, the Republican platform that Newt Gingrich uh, engineered and put together and led in the 1994. That's when the Republicans finally took uh, Congress. I don't I have to look it up to see how last time they had it, but that was like a big, a big uh, change. So there was a lot of stuff that went in. And of course, like a lot of things in Washington, a lot of stuff that stayed the same, even if the narrative kind of, kind of changes. But you know, ultimately, you had um, you had this contract of America. So it was a conservative uh, kind of getting back to the to the Reagan era because this is you know um, basically you had Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan, um, 1980, 1984. So by 88, we get George W. Bush, another Republican, who essentially lost, I think, for a couple things, um, the Iraq War. The way it kind of ended, pretty messy. And so, uh, not the Iraq, the Gulf War. Iraq, uh, the Gulf War, ended pretty messy, and uh, so it, just, it wasn't really spiking the football. So it didn't really, couldn't really ride the, a, a, a popular wave from you know a, a war, a war presidency. Yeah, that, that happened at the end of his. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that happened. You know, kind of <clears throat> 91, 92 ish. 
and then of course that was the election, and then Clinton came in, and so, but you know, but but the, but the major one too, George W. Bush was, you know, um, the horse, of course, is famous. I will not, you know, read my lips. No new taxes, and then he raised <laughs> new taxes. So, yeah. you know, <clears throat> so by two thousand and six, so, so I'm going all over the place again, kind of improvising, yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, basically, you're getting to the back to 1994 contract of America. Well, that failed, and it's in tatters by the time of uh, 2006, and that's when there was a lot of re- Republicans, registered Republicans, or people who tended to vote Republican, conservative, ones who were saying we're sick of what we now call the swamp. We didn't call it back then, yeah. but sick of you know the DC and, and this and that, and you know the all that what's going on with big government um and and so they 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 kind of they walked away themselves a little bit that election and what did that bring us that brought us harry reed nancy pelosi and that set it up for barack obama end of the bush era that was okay you had the surge in 07 the iraq war sort of kind of had maybe you know a little bit of a maybe swan song and it got in then you had Petraeus, right? So you had, you know, these these kind of, okay, well, things are kind of going, a kind of graceful exit as much as you kind of could have out of that situation. And so uh, people were sick of, sick of war. People were sick of the hype. Again, Bush was called the Nazi and he was Bush Hitler. So you know, it's, it's the same reg- Reagan was. So this, this, this is a, this is a long, uh, long tradition. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, back in 2006, um, I was a, I was pretty much Democrat leftist. I was right there with everybody calling him a Nazi. Well, I, don't, I didn't say he was a Nazi, but basically that he was a warmonger. And, you know, the, it, back then, uh, I, I, I come from the conspiracy world. Um, since 2001, right after 9-11, um, that's kind of where it, it sparked my interest. And I started getting into that. I've studied it for years and years and years, seeing all kind of, all the, all the, bad in the world and thought that that's all that is mm. Um, mm. fast forward a few more years uh, you know I, I I think I've learned everything I pretty much can in that world and then I start kind of slowly getting into more intellectual stuff and started reading a lot more and then I started getting into the podcasts mm. um, and just listening to people speak well actually I guess I would go into uh, lectures on, on YouTube or any lectures that I can pretty much find it started following thinkers and, and all this so it started kind of sparking and changing my view of the world um, by 2012 uh, I'm pretty much running away from the left this is um, mm. who's who's in oh, that early I, I think it was I mean uh, who, 2012 that was that Obama already yeah that was Obama that's Obama versus Romney the guy who didn't want to run oh yeah but pretty much, like in the, like um, in the middle or a couple years after Obama, that's when I started saying, "Oh, this is bullshit. This is there. Not only are there the ones that I thought were the good guys were lying to my fucking face. They uh, they just started be- seeming more slimier by the day. Um, and you know, of course, I- I've always followed the the conspiracy world, but it. It started opening my eyes that there's a whole nother world in the in the political sphere that I didn't mm, really understand. Interesting. Um, and then there was also TV shows that kind of sparked my interest. The the Tudors, for one. Uh, the Tudors. It's about uh, Henry VIII when he's young, but he goes through pretty much his whole life. 
the the way that the the uh, I guess the kingdom was set up, the way that the politics was pretty much I'm guessing was formed in in, in those arenas and, and kind of bled out. But it it was all about power and it's all about subterfuge and it's all about uh, subtext and what mm. you're not saying and what and how you're saying it. So the, so that opened up my eyes to double speak, where like, look, the, they can literally be telling you one thing, but they're not telling you, they're not telling you that. It's a it's a very big, it's a gift, honestly. But it's and a science semiotics, yeah. and these yeah. guys study it. These guys mm-hmm. created the science yeah. of this stuff. Here in the modern world, of course, back then it was more natural. But Machiavelli, some people have you know, people haven't changed in that yeah. sense. So yeah, like pretty much by 2012, 2014, I'm already, I'm like fuck the Democrats. I'm and I was also fuck the Republicans because I didn't really understand what they were about either. I was more at this point I declared myself an independent. I'm not, I'm not gonna fall. I'm just gonna be, you know, whoever I feel exemplifies the most. Um, like I said, I started getting into lectures and I started finding different people. Um, and they started opening my eyes to a lot of stuff that I thought I knew that I didn't. Um, especially how the government worked. Like, uh, I dropped out of high school, so I didn't have a full education. And they didn't really talk just, teach us much about civics and, you know, government structure and all that. It's, <laughs> it's very generally uh, glazed upon and then just, you know, on to the next subject. <clears throat> but I don't think I truly walked away where I was like, I guess I can consider myself part of that walk away movement um, was when Trump got elected. And the only reason why that was is because it also restored my faith in democracy because I thought it was it was a farce for so for so long. But the fact that this because in, in my view there, everybody was selected. And I believe to a certain degree that was correct. They have ways of influencing um you know the the nominations for um for whatever demo or whatever nominee they're going to end up um, putting for the president they have different ways of killing voices of of other people that isn't in line with the democratic party line so just understanding that the left absolutely don't want him to get it for some reason, even though he's hung out with them for 30 years. He was a Democrat for 30 years. He partied with every single one of them. But now they have a problem with them, which is weird to me. And then the Republicans also were like, no, he's just, he's he's too much of a rebel is essentially what they were, it, it came off as. They're like, no, he's, he's not one of us. So to me, the fact that <laughs> both parties... Are weren't happy with this wild card that that no one power off. Oh, don't worry about that. That was just but a, a total wild card that came out of nowhere and literally won fair and square with the system. That at that point truly restored my uh, my respect for democracy and and all of our system. <clears throat> and at that point, I was already kind of starting to really understand what uh, a Republican's um, kind of stance was. Um, so I started leaning more towards that. And then I wouldn't say until maybe a few months ago when I registered as, as a Republican was because I took I also took that Pew test, 
Did you, did you ever take that, that test to see where you're partisan? Or I've, I've taken a couple. Well, the one that I had was just... Because I answered as as quick and honest as possible because I didn't want to influence it. There was only tw- uh, 11 questions, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the, the Pew Institute says that I'm a, a conservative Republican. Yeah. And that's pretty much in line with, with what I kind of believe now. As opposed to where, like... You know, 20 years ago when I'm totally different, I, you can do whatever you want. There's no limits. The government's bad. We need free shit. I was, I was, I was a leftist. Everything they've ever cry about, I cried about. The injustice. How can we do, you're just sitting there. You know, I mean, all this bullshit that. I mean, well, at the time, it didn't feel like bullshit. So I understand that where they're coming from, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They feel like they're doing the right thing. They think that they are the saviors of humanity. And they're going to get a nice pat on the back when all this clears up and everything. Boy, what they don't realize is that they're de- they're destroying everything that they love about America. They, like, they, they hate, they say that they hate everything that they're about. Like, they, they hate being privileged. Well... You've never had a job. You live with your mom. They're putting you through fucking college. You don't have bills to pay. That's a fucking privilege right there. But you're fucking crying that everybody else doesn't get to live like you. Like, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, they, they want everybody to live as carefree as them. Like, and, and think that there's there's no cost to that. Mm. Somebody has to pay the fucking bill. At the end of the fucking day, the most truthful thing that was ever said was nothing in this world is free. Somebody pays that ticket. If it gets pushed down the line, eventually it stops somewhere. Somebody pays the fucking ticket. They don't seem to grasp that. And it just kind of, the more ridiculous and the more idiotic they they come off, the more they push me away and to the point where now I'm not even looking back. I will never go back to the other side. There's no way. But what uh, what do you consider yourself as? Are you an independent or are you uh? So so I so I sort of come from the the inverse. I was raised a conservative Republican. Uh, my parents were. My dad graduated high school in 1968. He was a musician. Uh, you know, went to went to. Went to California, went to LA, to, you know, passing out his demo and getting the music. He was following his, his uh, brother, his older brother, my uncle, he's a musician who was out there. Uh, you know, he's getting, getting some really good momentum. Anyhow, so it was the 60s and, and uh, you know, but they're, you know, just from from around here, you know, just nice, nice community, conservative community in a sense, as far as, you know, we're not Santa Fe or Taos or Albuquerque. We're, yeah. There was interesting dynamics. Interesting dynamics up there, yeah. and um, and uh, you know, so it's this, it's kind of you know this laid back kind of kind of where you're coming from. But it was radical times. It was very, very uh, violent times. You know, we look back, we're 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 always told uh, we give the nostalgia about the the music and, and the fun and the and the expression, right, and the, and all that, and. But what really, from a historical standpoint, one thing that certainly doesn't get taught uh, is the amount of violence that was done in many different ways. There was, of course, the street violence. There was the 
political terrorism. And, and, and then there's many layers and stories behind that. And we can't even get to, I mean, talk about tip of the iceberg is what, is what ends up happening. Um, so anyways, again, it's kind of rambling. But so, you know, it was, it was uh, that, 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 that's when they grew up. And so, but by the 80s, you know, I was born in 81. So by that time, you know, kind of American sense had sobered up. The, the baby boomers had kind of, you know. But then some never really, some never left. That's the thing. People, some people go back and forth, and some people change. And so I think what we're seeing, in sense, is it's you know a little bit of that cycle. You know, mid '90s, what you saw was I think there was the the, the the baby boomers. They had the kids. They had the Gen X kids. So the Gen X kids, what do kids do? They rebel. Well, we saw what happens when the, the generation, when you have what the quote unquote greatest generation, right? The depression era, which we didn't need thanks to FDR. Nope. Well, FDR really, really, really dragged it out, exacerbated it. And it was the end of the, any, any, beginning of the war was the end of the New Deal. And that was the beginning of the, of, of the, Amer- the American economy becoming strong again. But it started in Hoover with the Smoot-Hawley tariff, which is one reason why I'm a, uh, I'm a, a, crit, a critic of the presidency, economy, you know, economics, and certain policies. I, lo- hey, I love the tax cuts, you know. Yeah. A trim, I, I, you know, taxation is theft. So I would, I would do major, major surgery to that. Uh, <laughs> that kind of form. Actually, I mean, a lot but of I'll take it. I will take it. And supposedly there's talks about some others, you know, another round of tax cuts. We'll see. But. Um, yeah, so basically, I mean, as far as what I consider myself, I'm a registered Republican. That's where I was raised. I was independent for a while. Well, for a while, like I, I was, I, I was working a uh, political job, and I became independent just so I could, you know. Which I never, I never felt the need to when I really didn't work much as a journalist. I have a journalism degree, but spent time in the newsroom. But I mean, it's, it was interesting, but. I don't know. Did you feel like you? This is so had much. This is so much. See, you, 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 you like articulated your, your, your path so well. I'm like, I'm just like, what, what, what happened? What, what was I doing? No, I mean, they're listening I? to you right now. I'm just, I'm just. Kind are of, they? Yeah. You, you have all the details. Like they took I said, a break. You have, you have the meat of why they're going to be listening. I have just the bread, and I'm kind of trying to encapsulate it from beginning to end. That, that's. That's pretty much how I see it. <clears throat> but, uh, oh yeah, so um, I don't know if you've been looking on Facebook, they've been showing a lot of pictures from the walkaway event in D.C. Oh, I heard about that. I saw that. I didn't... Dude, there was How a many lot, people were there? Uh, like, honestly, I, I literally, my full page, my, my whole uh, timeline was filled with picture pic- after picture because they were loading them as it was happening. But everybody was there from... Um, Larry Elder, uh, I think, was there. Matter of fact, just listen to. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, sorry, I'm being real. Larry Elder was one of the. It was the first political book I read. My aunt gave it. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So that's why. So I, I was using the term conservatarian back in like around the 06 era. Yeah. Now people, you know, and then Dana Loesch started, started Lash or whatever started using it a little bit later on. Because that's kind of, I like the term and I like to think that's that's kind of where I am too. Because I, I'm just leave me the fuck alone. Government, stay the fuck out of my life. You, you don't need to be here. Like, just basically like a libertarian. Just leave, leave me be and I'll, I'll live my life. And then, though, again, with the conservative part, <clears throat> it's weird. Because I wouldn't say I grew up in a, a 
extremely religious family. <clears throat> I'd say moderate, but my grandma and my um, and my aunt are very, very religious, and they would always take us to church and everything. So we all went. Um, you know, I got saved and all that kind of stuff. But I just when I started going into high school, I, it was kind of my delinquent years and everything. Mm. So I wasn't, I didn't. Money was my god at that point. Oh yeah, because okay. I was always trying to find a way to get money and. There's a lot of dirt that I did back then to do it. But uh, it's just weird how the evolution, like, because it seemed like in the beginning, that's what they were trying to teach me. I was like, nah, that's not the way it's going to be. And then I get older and then I was doing what I, whatever I wanted to. Like, really, I didn't have a lot of discipline. I, I literally kind of did whatever I wanted. Mm. Um, and it was never really that good. So mm. <laughs> I was always getting in trouble. I was always doing stuff that I am ashamed of now like I, I don't like to brag about shit I'm not even bragging it's it's a shameful part of my life because I was doing it without any regard for mm. anybody again I didn't have the notion that in the end somebody pays mm. so everything that I was doing even though I was gaining from it somebody else was fucking paying I didn't realize it until I get older but as you get older I don't know what changes I don't know exactly what changes in your thinking that you're now, and it's not like I have kids because I've heard I've heard uh, other people when I have kids and then they just stop doing all their crazy shit and they're like, I don't want them to do that or blah blah blah. I understand that because there's a catalyst, there's a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never had kids, so I, 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 it's just weird how I kind of arrived to it. Um, I grew up a lot on TV. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I always tell myself or I tell others, it feels like I put myself through film school and also learned about life through TV. Mm-hmm. So my kind of view on life is through a TV lens. Mm-hmm. I see, I see story arcs. I see beginning and <laughs> ends. I see conspiracies. I see things in the background that are causing these things. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. not just uh, face surface value or face value or whatever so I always have these things in the back of my head that are trying to figure out the the domino effect chain beginning to end or whatever blah 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 so when I view things a lot of times anything that happens on on politically I go into my 24 mode I'm like Oh, I've seen this shit before. I I know what the fuck you're doing. You know what I mean? And and uh, even even House of Cards. House of Cards, as exaggerated as it is, there's there's truth to how it it is. It's a lot of backhand. Uh, what parts do you think are exaggerated? Because I because you hear that oh it's just but then like like well. well like well, I, some, I mean, honestly, I was just kind of saving that to save face because a lot of people just automatically like, oh. But I, mainly, the majority of it, it, it is ruthless. It, it is about power. It, it's not really about money, or at least just like how Frank Underwood said, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 the if I can't remember the line. Not it is, but it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, like I remember. Uh, see, um, you see, uh, Remy had the choice between money and power, and he chose money. I can't respect Something anybody like that. who, who uh, doesn't know the difference. Oh, right. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And that's absolutely true. Um, and then, like I said, when I'm watching the Tudors, like that, the Tudors is basically House of Cards before I sell House of Cards. Uh, it's just back then. Right. So you see all those little, 
oh, I'm just going to tell this one dude and that's going to cause him to do mm-hmm. this. And then, you know, and then, oh, I got him now. Like, you know what I mean? Now I, you do what I say. You're, you're mine. It's basically, it's the same thing. Because it's the power game never changed. It just right. it stayed the same. It's just different atmosphere and different time. But it's still, it still operates the same way. Now, for, for years, because nobody really thought that it was that way, it was easily manipulated and easy to get away with shit. So, for the longest time, people were in the dark, thinking that um, politicians were just good people, and you don't get to those powerful positions unless you were good people. I heard that a lot. Oh, really? Yes. Really? Yes, wow. a lot. As From I was who? growing up. When I was growing up, it, it could have been from teachers to students. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, But that was their only thing because I was always very skeptical about power. Like I always, my my goal in life, or if, if I ever have opportunity to speak truth to power, that's my that's one of my purposes. Like I, if the chance ever happens and I'm locked and loaded, it's going to happen. <clears throat> but there's a... Uh, it, 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 it's just weird because the change that in me, it, it, it felt like the more hardworking I got because when I, I stopped doing my dirt, I started just literally working and working nonstop. I dropped out of high school just to go work. Mm-hmm. I, I was just, I was the smartest in all of my classes. I was taking all the uh, AP classes and all the honor classes. And, and I think I was, uh, wait, 10th grade? Yeah, I finished tenth grade, but I didn't. I didn't go after that. And I was just like, "Why am I here?" Um, everything that they—it just seemed like I was the smartest one, even even in those classes. And I was still at that time um, in my cholo dirt phase where I was doing. Slow. People always were talking about me when I went there, saying like, "Why is he here? Like, you know, he's not supposed to be here." And I would be the ones getting the straight A's, like like A pluses, and I would go down the, the line when I get them or whatever from all these like nerd haters, which was funny to me. And, and I was literally just showing them, look, hey, look at that, look at that, A plus motherfuckers. <laughs> and I would leave, like I would ditch all the time. So when I would be like, like a week or two, I haven't even been to class. I finally come to class. They're working on something, and I'm still. Like, I get it like that, and I'm, I'm better than all of them. So it, it got to the point where, look, I really don't need this. Like, either way, I'm going to end up working. So why don't I just fucking start now? <laughs> so I just started working. I pretty much always had a job. There was maybe one little period where I didn't have uh, a job for, like, a, a couple months. But that was when I was living in Amarillo, and I was moving and transitioning and shit. But other than that, I've always had a job. And the more I think you work... The more that you accumulate, like private property, the more you understand that there's certain rights and certain things that that come with that, and that it's it's God given to you. Like nobody can say that not even the government can take that shit away from you. And then it starts, it just kind of sparks something in me. And then, uh, like I said, it just from from that point on, I started listening to thinkers and. It just naturally drew me to that side. I, 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 I can't say there's like one single point. It was just small little steps throughout like a 15, 20 year period. 
I'm rambling now. No, I think that's that's the insight that I think people look at because it goes back to the walk away. I think I interrupted you to talk about the walk away, which um, what's interesting about the the whole walk away thing is there's a reason why. Look, all I have to do is watch TV. You want your TV TV watcher um, and movies, and I mean you could just you know run a statistical analysis. And say, okay, let's just let's just count, you know, how many references there are to Republicans versus Democrats in the context. That's just one little aspect of the messaging that's been gone on for decades. Uh, vicious propaganda on the one hand of of all sorts of slander and, and accusations and libel against things associated with conservatives, the word itself. Uh, and it's there's there's so much to it linguistically, oh, like you know it's it's interesting. I remember one of my friends in, in college. You know he, we'd go back and forth. And, we went in good though, like he was he was a buddy. But we, I remember one time we were talking about someone he even mentioned, and even like the right, like the right wing, like they're like, oh we're right. See how your name has an advantage because I because I I don't know what we were talking about. It had something to do with like the advantage. <laughs> I think I was saying something with the advantage of liberal or something or. or Oh, no, no, it was because it was, oh, that's what it said. It always says, I said, look, you'll always see, when you see right wing, it's always going to be like extreme right wing. It's going to be negative or radical. You're going to see that. If you look at liberal, they don't have that yeah, prefix. Like, it just says lib. Or you won't even see liberal because it's, it's, it's assumed that that's normal. It's assumed that that's... So anyway, we were talking about sort of the kind of the nuance of how when you, when you write cop, because we're journalists, we're, this is the newsroom, essentially. And so... And so we say, well, yeah, what about you know what about the right wing? It says it has the word right in it, so that's kind of the similar kind of thing. But the right wing, and this goes back to earlier in the beginning, you, you mentioned it, we were talking about it last night, was you being further to the right of me. Well, it goes back to what that definition means, right? Because I didn't mean to say right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so it orig- originates, my understanding, it's going to fact check it, I think it's pretty basic, but uh, I believe it goes back to the right and left wing of uh, French Parliament. Oh yes, that's in right. the the pre-revolutionary government, and of course that whole that whole thing, and that's where right wing come from. It was it just meant here's this side, and I don't understand French Parliament enough to know really, you know, like I, Britain, right? They got the House of Burgesses. I don't know. What so the, whatever their Parliament is set up, and they got these two wings, and uh, and so there's the right. That was the conservative because what they wanted to was retain the monarchy they weren't talking about revolution they weren't talking about overthrowing anything they had the left which was you know they, they were the revolutionaries the jacobins and the, and the socialists what socialism was around the revolution really didn't go after private property per se like that um it was really just more of a you know changing the guard sort of it was more of a coup of the people that's what made it distinct right because it was post-american revolution but it was French. It's its own thing. It has its own history, and so, um, and so it was influenced by Rousseau. Whereas in America, our revolution was, was uh, influenced by Locke. Was influenced by you know, um, uh, or even you know the the, the separatists of the church. Because ultimately, America's founding is economic freedom, entrepreneurs. We need yeah, there's opportunity. There's there's you know, I can take a risk and it may pay off, and uh, and create value for people and create value and be able to help people. And whatever, and then you have uh, religious liberty. You had the Church of England going back to Henry VIII when he, he broke from created that because he broke from the Catholics. So, 
you have uh, you have uh, the separatist movement, which was religious freedom, which was the second pillar of the American founding. So you have economic freedom and religious freedom. You have it articulated and implied in the founding documents, which was First Amendment, free expression, all that, religious liberty. And of course that balance, but that's the whole separate church and state thing, of course, has its own history, going back to Jefferson and Connecticut and all that. But in terms of the the founding of the country was the Americans was 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 really based on the Anglo tradition. And there's a lot that goes with that, but in the, what's important here is that it was a different type of revolution. The French had their revolution. And what they ended up doing was chopping off a lot of heads and having a lot of terror. Because the foundation of that revolution wasn't about economic freedom and religious liberty. It was about class warfare. It was about haves and haves nots. And it basically started the pattern in that sense, this more modern sense uh, pattern of using poverty, exploiting poverty, exploiting exploitation to gain political power. There's a bad guy out there oppressing you. If you give me power, I'm going to beat off that bad guy. (laughs) Beat off. (laughs) I'm going to defeat this as an obstacle and enemy for you. That's that's a better phrase. And, uh, (laughs) and, um, of course, what ends up happening inevitably is they keep taking, taking more power, more power, more power. Before you know it, they're the oppressor. And so that's 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 the pattern. And the and the, fa- the American founders knew it, right? They're looking at the, the Greek. They were they were looking at the you know the the Greek system. Well, that was the deem, the deem and democracy. Basically, your city councils, the city state. So basically, your municipal government was also your what we would know as a national government, federal government. It was more it was the city state. And so, but of course, there were big cities that expanded and took. Can you imagine? Can you, can you imagine? The city of Las Cruces going to war with the city of El Paso. It's the Battle of I-10 with guns and swords, right? So, and... Hey, let's write that movie. uh, That would be an interesting movie. Kind of like Red Dawn or what do they call it? uh, Yeah, the Red Dawn, I think. Yeah. (laughs) So... But anyhow, so I don't know what we're talking about. But yeah, so so the French Revolution, so the the right wing was the... The establishment at the time, the status quo, and it was a monarchist system. It was the, the, they had the king Louis the Sixteenth, and and of course the famous Marie Antoinette. So of course they, there you go. Let them eat cake. She never said that. So the whole rumors of propaganda, yeah, the fake news was around back then. Uh, and so of course it was just used to agitate and to divide, uh, divide anyone around you you're not thinking about them they're going to pay for your advanced power so you divide so you can have power you divide so you can conquer and uh and so you know it's anyway so again there's there's just so much history and politics and government and stories it's just oh, it's yeah. just, it's just amazing back. it's just hard to keep track of it of a flow of things because you go into one thing it's how can you talk about one thing without talking about another and then comes this web. Oh yeah, that's that's what I'm at. That's what I'm about tonight. Tonight's my Friday. Forty minutes have gone by. Oh really? I didn't even notice. Yeah. Well, we're gonna take a quick little break uh, while we bring up some of the uh, articles from today's events. We'll cap it off with uh, those two major events we were talking about earlier. We'll be right back with you.
Alright everybody, we're back. Um, so we're going to be going over the two uh, major events that we had um, in the last few days. Um, one is that big um, bomb scare, which is going to be the fake bombs that were sent to about 13 prominent Democrats and one actor, which... That that one just sticks out to me. I, I I don't understand why. To me, the weirdest one was Brennan's. That too. And, and did you see that they got the um, the company wrong? They sent it to um, MSNBC, and I think he works at CNN or vice versa, something like that. And they also got the name of uh, Wasserman Schultz. They got it wrong. So that was another thing that they, it, it was just it's very peculiar. So let me just. Uh, um, go over some of that stuff right now as a matter of fact so <clears throat> apparently the bomber was a 56 year old bodybuilder now that, that's kind of weird uh, but he was a bodybuilder uh, ex-stripper he used to be a DJ at I guess strip clubs as well and they said that <clears throat> he was a pizza delivery boy and that was his last and current most current job. So I'm I'm assuming they're painting him to be kind of uh, destitute or something. Now the only reason why I bring that up because of course there's pictures of him that are starting to come out that people have found, and they found a bunch of him at uh, I'm I'm guessing it's going to be Democratic political events. He's smoozing with Democratic well-known democratic donors he's dressed in very big suits he's at clubs with a lot of um it seems like interesting and beautiful women they have him driving around, or it looks like he's driving around in fancy cars and it looks like he's living a, a way bigger lifestyle than a fucking pizza boy could ever afford um so that's kind of weird um what was the most peculiar thing about this was the van. Um, mm -hmm. Now, they found the van, and it was a big white van with a lot of window decals of Trump and Pence and a bunch of different weird sayings, and, and you know, but basically showing him as a Trump-supporting white nut. He... They said is a Native American, but for some reason they keep on bringing him up as a Caucasian. That's peculiar to me. And they said that he had uh, a lot of priors. Um, and one of them does show that there was some kind of bomb threat in there. So he's, I guess, maybe dabbled in, in making them or... Um, maybe it was just a verbal threat where he called in, like, I'll bomb the fucking place up. I don't know. But they basically say that he was unhinged. <clears throat> and then he, he sent all these packages. Now, these packages uh, from what some demolition experts have said that it was very amateurish. The packaging itself was very big and bulky, and it... it, it lens to being noticed as it's going through the mail system um and i guess the biggest country well not the contradiction but the biggest thing that was weird about the packages were the stamps 
the stamps he used were forever stamps from 2016. Now, I mean, he can use them whenever he wants. That's not the issue. The issue was that if you look at the pictures of the packages, they were never canceled, which the mail services do to show that it's been used so you can't reuse stamps. Mm. None of them had any markings of being canceled out from any processing plant. But the official story is that they were mailed, which is why they were, they, well, they said that they were mailed, but if they haven't been canceled out, that proves it didn't go through any system. They were placed there. So there's a, there's a word contradiction there. I'm trying to think of what else. He has a very weird appearance. Uh, I mean, it's just, he. it looks like he has plugs. Or it honestly looks like marker. <laughs> it's the best. It, it, he has a very peculiar look to him. Um, but it's a distinctive look. So it's in all these pictures, it's not like this guy could possibly be some, someone else. That's the guy. So all these pictures just don't kind of add up to what they were portraying him as. And then they even did an interview with the employer of his current employer, I guess. And she even she contradicted herself because she said that she was very worried about him, that he was based off of his political views and that he was, you know, a little off the rocker. But she also said, but he was one of his her best employees. That he 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 was on it. He did everything. So how can it just doesn't? It, it, it's kind of contradiction pictures of a personality. Either he's kind of crazy and loony, and or he's a good worker, focused, and, and was able to do the job without any incident. So if there isn't any prior incidents. Like it just, it's just, it's just weird. It just, it kind of, it doesn't sound or fit right in my mind. Um, but what have you heard? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, and based off of what I said, uh, what, what, uh, what, what do you think? Well, I guess first of all, because look, there, there's a narrative. Well, not a narrative, but there's theories out there. That this was purposely, <clears throat> it was basically a hoax, mm. where they he, he whether he did it or not, what the packages were never meant to go off. And that's another thing too. None of them went off. None of them. Now, that 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 has to be that he didn't use anything that would. <clears throat> Like a detonator, because from what I heard, that there were either there were no detonators in some of them, or it was literally just crudely put together. There's even a picture of one where the timer even has the plastic film still on it, like brand new. And then it, um, it just I don't know. I just get a very weird feeling from that story. And one of the stories is that possibly Democrats did it as a way to gain sympathy points uh, going into the midterms, which is just around the corner. What do you say to that theory, or do you think it... Is there any credence to that? Do you have any weird uh, feelings or interpretations of 
events as stated? Well, one thing that I find really interesting is that very very soon, uh, soon after looking at, at stories, well, here's what it was. I was trying to find the, the chronology of things. Because, all right, so here, so the day before we found out about the guy, um, I, I was I was talking about it, thinking about it, uh, and kind of speculating, you know, kind of what it was all about, you know. And and then the, and then the next morning, I when I go and check news, I see they they they've, they've arrested someone, charged someone. <coughs> yeah, they have a suspect, and that it was indeed a because that was the whole thing, the narrative that was being built with the bombs so first I read oh, okay there's some bomb stuff Soros Bill Hillary Clinton I think and, and kind of from there and then um, they the course narrative was it's Trump's rhetoric it was interesting is they keep talking about this violence I think it was like one or two times that I can think of and it, it's not like I paid that much attention so there may have been more I don't know and in campaigns, there's a whole lot of stuff and a whole lot of repetition. Like, you know, like in 08, when Obama was running the first time, uh, there was a famous, it was, it was, I guess it was kind of captured on video or something. It was, it was, he was at a rally and some woman was like fainted or something. And so, so he said, oh, oh someone yeah. gets, come and get some water. Yeah. Well, this happened at campaign stop after campaign stop after campaign stop that year. Uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was just... A, a gimmick is a, pre- a presentation gimmick, and so that kind of distracted me. What was I saying? <clears throat> We're talking about the bombing suspect and the narrative that. <clears throat> well, one thing that that in- instantly perked my interest was the first bomb that was found was uh, to George Soros. Uh, George Soros is in this notorious scumbag and billionaire who loves to meddle in the affairs world affairs across I mean he basically has no he's not I don't even think he considers him a, a US citizen he is a citizen of the world apparently but well, he's uh, a <clears throat> he's a Hungarian by birth yes Hungarian by birth but he moved here to destroy America but uh, <laughs> but <clears throat> it interest, instantly um, perked my interest because it seems only recently that George Soros has been getting bad PR. Where mainstream PR. mainstream bad PR. That's that, that that's a, a even better correction because there've always been criticisms from especially the conspiracy world because we think he has his hand in a lot of things. Um, but it, it, it never came from the the top. And only within the next, the last few years, and especially within this year, because I even heard uh, Trump mention his name. And <clears throat> matter of fact, there was, I'm trying to see, there was an article that came out, and I'm going to try to bring it up right now, where Trump had said Soros' name, and the crowd began to chant, lock him up. Oh, wow. So let me, oh, yeah, I got it right here. I got it right here. So this was an article done by Daniel Newton. 
Uh, let's see. Headline reads, Trump joins chant against George Soros. Lock him up. Trump encountered a passionate audience as he spoke at the Young Black Leaders Conserv- or, uh, Leadership Summit. And that's, uh, that's good to hear, actually. Um, there is a whole big uh, wave, a red wave of black conservatives. And that goes into the walk away event that I was uh, discussing in the previous um, segment. There was a lot of people um, that have gone to the to the Republican side, thanks uh, in part, uh, main, a large part to Candace Owens, um, believe it or not, Kanye West. Um, there are others as well as Brandon Tatum, um, Michael Brian Logan, uh, um, well-known black conservatives. And with their help, they have gotten a lot of people to realize that the Democrats have been um, a detrimental to the, the blacks um, voting bloc. But back to the article, President Trump laughed and joined in <clears throat> the lock up, lock him up chant by a crowd of young blacks uh, supporters condemning the globalist billionaire George Soros. Um, it's just, it's even hard to look at this guy. He looks like the walking dead. He should be dead. He's had, uh, I, I think they've had a few heart transplants or he's had life extension technology. Like he, he should have been gone a long time ago, but he's so powerful and has so much money that he can afford all that kind of bullshit. Well, you know, it's interesting. <coughs> There's a, a concept that, you know, cause you do, you find, you know, it goes to the heart of kind of the human experience in a way. Why do you, why do good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people? And what are the answer provided by uh, the Old Testament traditions and commentaries that comes out of that is, um, well, God rewards and punishes and rewards the bad for the good that they do because they're not getting anything after um, so to speak. So, you know, that's that's exactly. So I was thinking about that because like you know, life extension technology and you know mm-hmm. Rockefeller and but then you think well, Kit Cash or whatever. You think all these guys. You go, okay, well, on the one hand, I mean, they had a lot of resources a lot of the time, so they were able to whether they had high tech life extension stuff or not. They certainly you know certainly had good diets at least um, and, and and whatnot. But then again, you know, maybe some of them were some party animals. I don't know. That bad livers, but uh, at, at the end of the day, you know, you had these guys who were living a long time, and I started thinking about because people mentioned the whole stuff that goes on in the the, the elite or the, some of the speculative or what really goes on at certain points. Like there were others. Yeah, he's talking about a lot of reinvigorating stuff that the, the kings. Oh well, uh, and matter of fact, I don't know if you've noticed this. This is getting kind of a segue into another one, um, but um, there are studies that came uh, that are medical studies that are coming out that confirm what they've always done and known that if you recycle old blood with new blood um it it literally rejuvenates cells it 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 literally like kind of gives you life like when so they've been using young blood matter of fact there's of course this is all 
probably hearsay, there was no real proof, but there was uh, rumors back in the day that um, around the time that uh, Gore was running for, for president, that he started uh, going around with a suitcase of blood with him. And that I guess he would basically, I guess it's like dialysis, like, you know, where they uh, kind of wash out the blood with the new blood and maybe and that kind of goes into uh when hillary clinton when she fainted and fell and then she came out like an hour later fucking like if everything was all good so that's either <clears throat> some people say that could have been a, a body double which there, there might be some evidence to that or it would have to be something like that where she just got like a huge fucking pick-me-up somehow and it was like an hour later and that, that's from from what uh, the conspiracy world says it takes about an hour to cycle out, and then you just you're good again. again right. Like I don't know, but there are on. a lot of chemicals. <clears throat> that could, yeah, that I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it, it, it could be something like that. But um, is it that whole thing was that whole thing was crazy during the election when she was fainting in the body? I mean, it was it was it was what is going on? It was well, it just it did but was it, for sure. Was it, if we get Hillary's the whole thing that came okay, out, for we sure about then, that, but I, that was crazy. For was, sure, we'll on? we'll do a. Uh, uh, an episode on that because there is a lot of stuff that I want to show you on that too, uh, including Weekend a, Hillary's. Um, yeah, like <laughs> like her whole her whole. Well, well, maybe we can go over her campaign. Her, her and we can oh, go over goodness. some of the mistakes, and we'll go over some of the stuff because there's a there's an, a, a a campaign speech that was totally uh, a holographic or. Or stage, and that's another one. I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you. All right, yeah. But definitely. We'll, we'll we'll definitely do that on another episode because that's going to literally be the whole episode on that one because there's a lot to talk about on that one. Well, let's get back to the uh, the bombing suspect. Uh, we're reading another article. That's five things you need to know about the bomb suspect. This is uh, out of the Daily Wire by Hank Berrien. Um, Suspect had been in, uh, arrested in connection with the bombs that were sent to various influential Democrats. Here are the five things you need to know. The suspect is 56. I think I might have said 52, but maybe he was 56 uh, from Florida and used to live in uh, New York. According to the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, the bomber uh, reputedly is oh, a registered Republican with the Ventura... Uh, Florida address who has been arrested 10 times once in 2002 for making a bomb. So I thought it was just a bomb threat. I heard, yeah, terrorist threat. <clears throat> yeah. But I mean, it's but, under, yeah, they said under, making a bomb. under what do you call the Patriot Act? I mean, it, yeah, I mean, does that become a speech? I make a bomb, therefore I'm threatening because <laughs> I'm making a bomb? I don't know. No. Um, the suspect was arrested in Florida in 2013 for Grand Theft Auto. According to one report, the van that may or may not belong to the suspect was parked outside a kosher market for a year. Kosher. Weird. Uh, the van itself, like I said, um, I described it earlier with a bunch of pictures and decals in support of Trump. It literally looks like uh, kind of like a teenager's, like a like a schoolgirl teenager's little... Um, what do you call those collages of mm. different pictures and different things like that? It's just like one big collage, and it's it sticks out like a sore thumb. There's no way that uh, anybody could miss it. <clears throat> Number five, according to Heavy.com, the suspect identified himself 
as a promoter, booking agent, live entertainment owner, and choreographer. He added that he was a veter he was a veterinary medicine graduate. Writing career decision of becoming a horse doctor was always for love of animals, which was which were here first, and never do anything to anyone. So. Those are the five things we needed to know. <laughs> I don't know if that's from the Daily need, Wire. That's from the Daily Wire. Uh, I mean, those are interesting things to know. I don't know if we necessarily needed to know that. Um, yeah, that's an interesting headline. So, I mean, I mean, it's so so. All right, so uh, sorry, I'm kind of getting my, I guess, thoughts together. The more I'm, yeah, because because earlier in the day I was on it. Yesterday I was on it, and then. Just throughout the workday, I kind of like got tired, started falling, getting tired. So, maybe, so because I because I did want to comment on the whole Bob thing. So here's here's so here's 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 my take on it. Here's 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 my experience. Here's how I experienced okay. the whole. I will concede the floor to you because we're gonna wrap this one up because we're running out of time, but, oh. so we can get to the next one. But um, I'm just gonna be quiet. Let's see, let's, hear, let's hear what you have to say. All right. So basically, um, it started with the caravan. Uh, no, it started with Soros. Always. <laughs> and what I mean is, uh, so I was talking to my dad and he said, you know, people are talking about Soros more. I said, I said yeah, you know, because the, 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 it's, it's, especially like, was it might have been in Hungary or, or was it Poland or somewhere where he was involved with someone in, in Europe, Eastern Europe. And and I guess their leader, president, prime minister, whatever he is, is basically, you know, using his authority to uh, to crack down on Soros in his own country, in, in that country. I can't remember which one it was. So yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, there's there's there is some name, and you know, when Glenn Beck was talking of introducing him to some extent, and, and I, was, I mean, he's always been around. So like the real deep politicos and people who are of that generation. Uh, I'm sure knew all about him, but no one really talked. But of course, the famous CNN, uh, this, this, the 60 Minutes interview, where he talks about him. So basically, uh, he was a, a kid in uh, what became Nazi-occupied Hungary during the beginning of the, the Reich and World War, what became World War II. I can't, I don't know what exactly the year was. And basically, his uh, his his family, his father was comes from Jewish Jewish uh, lineage. Um, and I don't know if his dad converted after the Nazis or before, but they weren't really, they weren't religious as far as I could tell. And basically his, his dad was a collaborator with, with his, known as a collaborator with the, with the, with the Nazis, with the regime. Cause again, you know, your country being taken over by Germany, they're going out, they're rounding up Jews and you basically say, well, and you, you collaborate with them, you help them, you partner up with them. Now in this case, you are basically betraying your own people, which is the targeted population that was on the list and um and uh but and so so sort of you could go look it up it's there he sort of talks about it in a 60 minutes interview they ask him about it which looking back i think was a way to get it out there and the same way obama talked about oh i smoke crack and, and not smoke crack or did coke and weed um or did he smoke crack i don't know uh to get to inoculate yourself, so like you can't, you, so it can't be a bombshell that it comes crashing down. You can't, be, you acknowledge early on it can become can't be an issue. Not that it can't be an issue, but it it doesn't have that same effect. 
if you know about it early on. And so you inoculate yourself to looking back, maybe that's what that six, six minute article was. Let's get it out here because everybody knows it's going to get out that he's this kind of guy. And by this kind of guy, I mean, he's, he's, he, he, he is open about his God complex that he does see him, sees, doesn't believe he's an atheist. Um, and he basically says that he enjoyed his, his time uh, collaborating as, as basically Nazi youth of some sort. And, and, and basically the rationalization, it is an interesting look in his eyes when he says it. You kind of wonder really what is in his heart of hearts, but says, well, someone else is going to do it anyway, just as a matter of practical realism. So survival mechanism kicks in. I mean, he, that's me throwing that in, but I mean, I, whatever, right? So we understand we, we want to live. So he collaborates, but yeah. So he has a he's, he has a total gnostic when it in a, in, a, in a com, complete sense of he sees himself as uh, a deity of enough to of, of a human atheistic materialist sort, an existential. This is ultimately existentialism, right? If you're an atheist, there's no meaning to life, and there's no purpose, and therefore you make up your own. Well, if making up your own is destabilizing governments policing nations um i mean he was con he was convicted of, of financial crimes back in the so so but every time you look at him in the mainstream media he's described as a philanthropist and nothing else so again going back to adjectives your proper nouns how do you describe this is, are you, is you know you have someone who's progressive versus someone who's an extreme right winger you know uh and so on and so forth you know, I'm for cap. Oh, I'm not against capitalism. I'm against unrestrained capitalism. <laughs> okay, what, what kind of restrictions are we talking about? Restrained. So, anyways, I'm supposed to wrap it up. <clears throat> Again, so I may. I guess I wasn't as on point as I'm still. I'm, <laughs> I'm still. I'm still on Friday night mode. Right. Just okay. it's Saturday. Let me, night. let me bring you back to the point. Okay. So here, I, so I, I got it now. I got it. Now. I'm gonna hit it straight shot. Here we go. Okay. So, so basically, it's this. So. Soros' name is getting out there more. That was interesting. And then the whole caravan thing, my dad asked me about the caravan. And I said, well, you know, this is reminds me of Camp of the Saints, which is a book written, I think, 1978 or 70s in France, by a French author, Jean Rispail. And basically, it's about, the premise is that there's this movement that starts. There's like some guy who kind of becomes alpha male leader of some sort in India, like a man... Uh, Bangladesh or something. Just imagine this completely the poverty that we think of when we think of Bangladesh, especially if you're looking at it in the 70s. And so just kind of this massive humanity builds or commandeers a boat and heads to Europe. And so it's a commentary on what was going on at the time. Now, of course, it was called racist. I, I, I did read it. It, there are there are there are there are there are moments and passages there, and again, this is a French translation, and you know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there are a couple of words, and it goes, "Well, maybe this really is maybe implying." And some of it, again, that's me being someone who isn't quick to go call people racist. I, I outgrew that phase in my rebellious kind of middle school, high school age, where you kind of went through a kind of a brown pride thing. Again, I'm getting off topic. I got to really wrap it up here. So the point is this: is that it's the idea of using population as, as, as a weapon and so we've seen this since Syria so the Syria war you had uh, the migrant crisis and so that became a thing and then so Europe got flooded with with people who clashed with that culture and um, and so and caused problems 
inevitably just with the, with the classic culture, if nothing else. And so, I like it when you can do this at this point. This whole thing, out. this will be like the director's cut. <laughs> well, we are going a little bit over. It is a pilot episode, so it's fine. Um, but the main thing, so, so kind of what, what, what you're saying is that the, these kind of two events that we're we're kind of talking about, I, I at least I believe they're connected. Which two? Um, which is the the bombing, the fake bombing, uh-huh. and then the next one that we're going into, which is the synagogue shooting. Um, so, it, I think what you were beginning to is that um, I think you're talking about the caravan, right? That you mentioned the caravan. All right, so, so all right, here, let me take one last shot at it. One last shot at it. Because <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> can't segue. Can't segue. Um, all right, so basically, it's this if you're on a political offense, and it goes back to Linskyism, you basically are always on the offense politically. So, your opponent's always going to be on the defense, which puts them at the disadvantage. Yes. So, in this case, it's, it's this here, we're going to dare you to gun down a bunch of immigrants. Yeah, that's what they're beating them in. So if you if you if you do that, you're the villain, and it makes it easier to maybe win this midterm election and beyond that or whatever. And um, at least we can beat you up over it. If you do nothing, then you've capitulated week one, and now at this point you've set a precedence. So it puts you in a really tough spot, puts you in a predicament. So I said, well, you know, but but I said, but here's the difference. So this has been going on in Europe. In American mainstream audiences, everybody to the left of anything center is. Uh, I have no idea of the problems being caused in Europe due to this migrant, this, this, this mass immigration. I would consider it a weaponized immigration. There's old stuff more of them do that to kind of support that, but um, support the claim. But the it puts them in a tough situation. But now it's going to be an American culture um, with American cameras, and we're going to see it for the first time. Just like in Spain, where you see the boats coming onto the beach. Each day. Yeah. So that's going to be a different game. And then I started thinking, hmm, maybe this does put Trump at an advantage. Maybe this is a, a, a right-wing false flag. Uh, and then the next day, Van Jones says, no, no, man, this is bad for Democrats. If anything, it wasn't Soros. Because Trump had come out and said earlier that Soros was funding it. And I thought, well, maybe Trump's or someone pro-Trump's funding it, some elements in the government. Um, because then it really does actually, ex- by exposing it, it allows you uh, to then kind of change the narrative. And so now it's kind of bad for the Democrats. So Van Jones says this, of course, this big big wig in the, in the, in the big left political activist, uh, Soros-related, all that, all that stuff, Obama. Van Jones left. And so he might even know whether Soros funded it or not. Oh, there actually was an actual hard deadline on it. Did no. it stop recording? No, no, no. no oh, okay. No, no. okay. That's actually a message. Oh, okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, but, it's going to keep on going. But that's uh, fine. Uh, now that I know what it is, I thought, I thought it was going to stop rolling. So, so Van Jones says, no, uh, Soros isn't fund this. If anything, Trump's funding it because it's going to help the Republicans. It's going to make it look like, oh, it's going to scare people into seeing this big horde. That's what the Republicans are going to do. The Republicans are going to use this to, 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 to scare people and, and, and whatnot. And so, and so I thought, hmm, I was kind of thinking something similar the day before. I thought that was an interesting thing. Then the next day, if I got it right, the next day is the bombing. 
And I'm like, okay, we just talked about Source. We're just talking about Fossil. We're just talking about this. Boom. Then all of a sudden we're having bombings now. And again, it's so perfect. Mm-hmm. Like other things, we'll have an episode about false flags. Yes. But um, it was, again, it was just so perfect. And of course, the media was just already there on its narrative, just like everything else that they do. And so... Yeah, it was too neat. It was it was tied up in a nice little... I didn't have to see anything more than bombers targeting Clinton, targeting Soros... And then just seeing the reaction of the, of, the, of the press and of course, but to the point to where they're saying, oh, well, Trump, I guess allegedly what they were saying is they're using words like he hasn't claimed a responsibility. And these words that they know, these, they? these phrases, well, these phrases that they know are, 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 are uh, associated with terrorism. Terrorists claim, oh, this terrorist group claimed responsibility. So they know when that, they know when they use yeah. that phrase, they mm-hmm. use it here, of course they know what they're doing. And so it's just more and more of this propagandist rhetoric and so they're trying to say, well, Trump. And again, they don't even have really any examples. And there are two things. One, the whole thing where he endorses basically that that candidate body slamming the reporter. That really was, I think, beyond the like, definitely crossed the line. I can't really defend that in any objective sense. Um, I can defend it as someone who wants to beat up as... a, a journalist. But it, but in terms of no. The left is not being hypocritical. They're not exaggerating for that. That 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 one is legitimate. That's a legitimate thing to say. Here's an example of Trump advocating violence. Yes. Now again, that's well, a, it that was is advocating. It was more just like because it already happened. You gave a thumbs up signal by trying well, yeah, to describe it. That, because it's advocating. That, All right, let's. We don't need to debate it. Sure. The point is this: <laughs> is that yeah, there's very little to say that Trump has actually endorsed violence, and even the even the violence. That happened supposedly by by Trump people on his campaign. We know through the Hillary emails, we know through the DNC links that they were Soros-funded Hillary uh, Clinton um, uh, campaign operatives, Democrat or at least Democrat um, campaign operatives that were um, false flagging Trump. They were basically posing as Trump supporters and starting fights and saying, "Look how violent the Trump supporters are." So there's uh, talk about false flags. So, but Trump's basically said nothing. But of course, there all this rhetoric is out there about this and that, trying to tie him to the bombings, try to this and that. It's obvious, it's clear. Um, and then, but again, it was just so perfect. Then when I realized that I saw this one story that was saying that, oh, the investigations are looking into Florida and to, and to um, New York. And I go, oh, Florida. Oh, the most heated, the biggest election for this cycle with Gillum. The governorship of the state of Florida, the strategic. This look when I was there, I was there when, uh, with a bunch of journalists uh, when Hillary lost, not at the end of the night, but when she lost Florida, and everyone realized this looks like Hillary. The ones who didn't think Hillary could lose now believed it, and the ones who thought, okay, Hillary just lost, perhaps, and so that was huge. So Florida, yes, huge strategic. Again, with Vegas, there happened to be state, uh, Nevada state. Uh, uh, Le- uh, legislative uh, legislation about guns and bullets and this and that and that and Second Amendment issues that then during the Vegas shooting and that got scuttled. That actually got tabled. That never went through because of the Vegas shooting. So it's very interesting that you have these patterns of very st- politically, electorally strategic, important um, places, and it just so happens that since the letter came from Florida, the investigation must be in Florida, therefore local people voting in local precincts for their governor are now going to have 
some thoughts in their minds. And what's interesting is that at this point, like you were talking about earlier with your experience with the left, and their violence that gets covered up by the media, they forgive it, they justify it, they rationalize it, they glorify it, they say it's heroic and all that. And they, and they, and they minimize it and they ignore it. And then, of course, you have this... And there's, no, there's almost no history of conservatives doing this stuff. Bombings and this kind of radical stuff has always come from the revolutionary left. Um, and then you, you, know, you have some little exemptions here and there, but that, we don't have time for that. But basically, you just have, again, everything is so perfect. So again, the investigation is going to lead, make it a local Florida story, so which means be more impactful to their elections. So, and I'm not even saying that it's false flag, but what's interesting is this. So I'm just trying to, um, so, oh, and, and then the next day, then the next day there's, um, is the, they find the guy, right? Or they, they look to find the guy. And it was, I saw, I heard about it because there was this article and it, and it linked to, a tw- someone had posted a Twitter picture. He said, I saw, I took a picture of this in April and it was the van. And I thought it was crazy. I thought it was really, really weird. And then people were basically at that point, the rest of the comments and the thread, the discussion with the guy on, on, on the social media was, hey, you know, don't give it for free. Yeah, you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, maybe not that much, but you can make something. And it became this whole thing. And, and I was like, well, did he post it back then or he just took it? doesn't matter, but it's interesting. Um, if you post well, it, I did it, notice that um, but the it made- back stickers were different. So whenever he took that picture, and then when they actually found it, there was new pictures on the back or decals or whatever. But okay, so just to, to find just to kind of recap for for the audience. So basically, oh, sorry. Sorry. so um, it kind of started with the caravan, and if we're if we're playing the democratic strategists in order to try to control the narrative, the next step that they did was create this um well we don't know for sure we're just of course we're just speculating but this dude comes out of nowhere who's an apparent support trump supporter from from surface value is is what it looks like and based off of his love and and for trump's rhetoric inspired him to send out these bombs which we already talked about which were pretty much harmless um almost every single one of them not one of them went off in order to essentially gain some momentum going into the into the midterms so they could link violence to trump's rhetoric and basically put shade onto the whole base as well so Based off of that, <clears throat> I think we uh, yesterday when we were talking about it, we both agreed on that completely. The next thing that we were th- talking about is that, it, well, at least that in, in my view, it wasn't enough. That they need something else, and that goes into the next uh, event that happened today. Um, again, I'm, I'm I'm just on the Daily Wire, so. Uh, I'm looking at this. It is 11 dead, six more injured at synagogue shooting. This is an article by Ash Scro. Uh, eight people have died and six more have been injured after a gunman walked into the Tree of Life synagogue in Squirrel Hill, Pennsylvania, uh, Saturday morning and started shooting. 
Police say that the men yelled, all Jews must die, before opening fire on the congregation who were gathered for weekly Sabbath services and a priest. I don't know if I said that right. Um, <clears throat> Briss. Briss. Uh, police said uh, people were barricaded inside after the gunmen began shooting. When police arrived, the gunmen opened fire on them, injuring at least four officers who resorted to using their vehicles as shields. The suspect and heavy set white male surrendered after he was apparently injured. So, <clears throat> there's no video of that. Anytime that I see there's a squad situation and any type of whatever, they already have the helicopters in the air surrounding the the news crews also because they have their fucking police radars and scanners or whatever so they know what's going on so they can get on it as soon as possible. That wasn't there. Now, I'm willing to suspend my conspiratorial point of view and to say this really happened. How how weird is it that the first event, which we consider fake and a lot of people do, and, it, and just like Van Jones had to admit that it was bad for the, for the uh, Democrats, they needed to have another event, that is, is what I, I said. They, they need something else. And... We're, we're thinking to the extreme because, we, I mean, in our view, they are extreme. We don't know where their extremism stops. So we went to the furthest extreme where I thought they had to sacrifice somebody. But, or at least a limb is what you said. Too. Or, or, or a limb, you know, injure. Like, yeah, so I said, I said, really? You said, yeah, or at least a limb. I mean, it, 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 <laughs> you never know with them. You never know with them. But... So immediately the very next day, which is today, this happens. And again, it just seems very short, sweet, and neat. They found the guy right away. It, it, it felt like they already had his bio already loaded in and ready to go. On so the who is I, I haven't even seen who, who's so this guy. So the dude was Robert Bauer. Oh yeah, Robert Bauer. What does he look like? So, I saw so let me bring it up right now. So the... Okay, so his name was Robert Bowers. His name was Robert Bowers. <laughs> his name was Robert Bowers. So this is from CNN. This is a left wing, um, but this is uh, CNN reporting. Here's what we know so far about Robert Bowers, the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting suspect. This is by Saheed Ahmed and Paul P. Murphy, uh, CNN. Uh, as officials try to put together the picture of the alleged Pittsburgh shooter. One focus of the investigation is his social media postings. Here's what we know so far about Robert Bowers, age 46. Now, if you look at him, he looks like a quintessential Trump supporter. Like if if, if, if you were to describe him, he's an older uh, white gentleman, uh, kind of pudgy, uh, you would think he, he's a beer drinker, you know. This is just face value type of stuff, but there's the picture. However, it's like an electricity. However, it, the the actual his actual story is kind of different. 
it, and it, it's kind of peculiar and it also rings weird to me. He's um, so apparently he made um, anti-Semitic statements after his arrest. The shooter made uh, comments after he was apprehended. The law enforcement officer told CNN the bloodshed took place in the same day as Saturday Sabbat or Sabbat. I don't know how to say that right. Um, services. So that's kind of weird too. I mean, if if you're gonna go and shoot up a place, are you doing it to get away with it, or are you doing it to make a statement? You're surrendering yourself. You know what I mean? Like, well, I I, I think probably the implication is like that why he's on, he's, on, he's he's you know the crazy person. I think that's ultimately what. Because they said just happens to be because they said three officers died in the shooting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in my head, it, it, that doesn't make sense. Like if that to me, because it's supposedly he was in there for twenty minutes shooting. Twenty minutes is a fucking lifetime, especially when it comes to a fucking gunman and shooting. That would mean every single person in that fucking place would be dead. Well, 20 minutes is a time thing, not an activity thing. True. But if he goes in there yelling, all Jews must die, why would he only shoot and kill eight? And then uh, three officers. You know what I mean? Like, Right, okay, so... what was All he, Jews what, must die, but I'm only going to shoot a couple. And then I'm going to stay in there for about 20 minutes barricading myself. Well, I understand. Like it was like it was on the. Uh, I guess he at one point was on the third story. So this is a really pretty big building. So well, I don't even, imagine he'd be able to kill everyone there. Yeah, that's the advantage. He's on. He's on the top, so he could literally kill everybody in. A well, few I, mean, I bet you there's hundreds of people. So. I, I, well, even though if he what you're, I, you're so, saying, you're saying more than he did. More he had more. He had yeah. he had he had enough time to do more than he did. He had, how much ammo did he have? Uh, well. I don't know. Hopefully, I'll get into it. I haven't. I haven't actually read this. Ah. So, um, so, but here's the next thing because this is exactly what it said. He was in the synagogue for 20 minutes at a uh, Saturday afternoon news conference. Officials said the suspect was at the synagogue for 20 minutes after the attack, and he was uh, as he was leaving the building, Bowers encountered law enforcement agents and exchanged (laughs) gunfire. So there you go. Bad script. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So let's say he's... Look, he either wants to get away with it or he doesn't. Which means that it's a suicide mission. Mm -hmm. So he wouldn't be shooting out the police officers because he thinks that Jews... If he's a true anti-Semitic, the Jews are... They're the ones to blame and everybody else isn't. So only they must die. And then he goes in there, all Jews must die. But he only takes... He only kills eight out of a service of hundreds. At a high advantage when all he has to do is spray no that doesn't make sense um after the attack as he was leaving oh yeah so he just casually okay i'm leaving and then the cops got there like at that point if he was really oh, just gonna go home man. if he if he really wanted to to make that as a statement or if it was something like he really believed he would have just turned himself in like just look there's my guns yeah i did it this is why but he, he exchanged it. That means he wants to get away. He wanted to get away with it. I don't know. 
That, yeah, it definitely, it definitely is a strange time in the way that's described there. Yeah. And then the suspect went back inside to hide from the SWAT officers. Bauer was in fair condition Saturday evening with multiple gunshot wounds. It's believed he was shot by the police. So this guy didn't die. But he has multiple gunshot wounds. And they said he's fairly stable. My guess he's his condition is going to go turn from good to bad. That's my guess. There you go. They can't have him talking. Because it... I don't know. We'll, we'll see. He was not known to law enforcement. At this point, we have no knowledge that Bowers was known to law enforcement before today, said Bob Jones, FBI uh, special agent in charge. Jones said that while Bauer alleged motives is unknown... Well, what do you mean? He says he hates Jews. You know what I mean? So... Is that the motive or not? I don't know. Um, but they said he believes he acted alone. He has a active license to carry firearms. The Bauer has a active license. He has made at least six known firearm uh, purchases since uh, 1996. Uh, the law enforcement official familiar with the investigation said on September 29th, Bowers posted photos of his handgun collection on his gap.com account which includes multiple clips and sights a rifle and three handguns were found on the scene at the attack okay a rifle the magazine average is anywhere from 16 to 20 i believe so let's just say he had at least one full clip let's say just say 20 he had three handguns which I'm just going to assume that were also uh, semi-automatic instead of revolver. Um, So I'll say that's 16 in each of those. So he had three clips. What's three times 16? Plus 20. So that's 30, 40... 45, 48 plus 20. That's like 68. 68 bullets. So 68 bullets Because he had multiple clips And he had sights Okay So it's not like he's just He'd be able He still might not be any good He's made purchases since 1996 He's comfortable with guns He's able to shoot them He feels confident He's not Some people Some people Play a lot of basketball still Can't play True Even with even the most incompetent person with a rifle and three handguns can kill more than eight people. He should have. Numbers don't match up. I, I mean, unless I'm reaching. But no, no, in fact, I'm playing advocate on this one because, yeah, I mean, it does seem to be a stretch that, that with that amount of time that, that there might not have been more. But again, I don't know the layout. So here's, did, he have, did he have to run that? So here's here's where it starts getting a little bit weird. Okay. So he blamed the Jews for the caravan. Okay. Wow. So on his Gap account, let's go back. On his Gap account, uh, Bowers claimed Jews were helping transport uh, members. Jews were helping transport members of to the of the migrant caravans. He shared a video. Uh, that another Gap.com user posted purportedly of a Jewish refugee advocacy group, H-I-A-S, 
uh, on the U.S.-Mexico border. Another another post that um, Bowers commented on described HIAS all all over efforts as sugar-coated evil. Okay, boom. These are his handguns, look. He had multiple clips, so maybe even more than than just one or whatever. He had multiple clips. So for yeah. sure. It says right here, we're looking at a post that he posted. It says my Glock family with the plastic training and KKM 40S and W barrels for each. Uh, True Glow TFX on the 31 and X big dots on the 32 and 33 and grip tape on the Gen 3 on the right so it's not so greasy when wet. Edit. In this pic, 33 still had TFX sights. He doesn't sound like he's an amateur or, uh, you know what I mean? He sounds, right. So, he's very proficient with guns. We can safely say. Um, 16 days before the attack, Bowers posted a webpage from the HIAS that listed a number of Sabbat services that were being held on behalf of refugees. So it, it, they keep on saying that he he's basically he hates Jews. Okay. The interesting part is that he called them that they're the caravan. So that kind of ties into our discussion earlier, where it started with the caravan, and then the bomb, and then immediately this. Now here's another twist. Well, I mean, I'll get to it. Let me see what this is. His most recent post was five minutes before police were alerted to the shooting. Uh, what? So he's in there posting? And in the Gap post, Bauer said, he can't sit by and watch my people get slaughtered. Screw your optics. I'm going in. Five minutes before the police were shooting, but he was in there for 20 minutes? And I guess I guess the next question, how do they even know that he was in there for 20 minutes? If they saw him on his way out. Well, but then... Because that's what... His statement, I mean, we're, we're not, we don't have that much information about actually... Well, think about was, it. So Could have been documented. Even if it's five minutes. He posts. It doesn't look like he's anywhere near the fucking synagogue. I mean, I guess for sure we don't know. But five minutes, and then the shooting starts, then the police get called. So he has to be on site already when he posted. So I'm wondering if they have a way of checking his location mm. when he posted. They didn't mention that, but if I'm a detective, that's one of the things I have to check on. Because at the time again, the times don't kind of, five minutes. So he has to be in the scene five minutes, going in. And then he goes in, shoots him. And then the police get called. How long did the police take to get there? Some, I don't know how they came to the 20 minute thing. Because if, if it was 20 minutes starting from when, oh, just that's, oh, we're running out of time. All right, we're running out of time, we're running out of time. Alright, last thing, last thing I want to say. Here's the most craziest thing. He is not a Trump supporter. He hates fucking Trump. 
he has he is okay many of his anti-semitic posts or comments suggested that he was uh, that trump was surrounded by many jews trump's are surrounded by uh kikes things will still stay the court he was he did not like trump trump is a globalist not a nationalist there is no maga as long as there is a kike infestation so we have one dude who absolutely worships him, and then we have another dude who fucking absolutely hates him. I think there's connection to all of these events going on. Um, but we are now going to wrap it up. We are getting the the red sign. We went over. Um, we're trying to do at least an hour, 45-minute ones. but So we have four minutes? I don't understand what no. you're clowning down to. Because you, you can only record for an hour. So it gives us four minutes then. Yeah. So okay. we're just going to wrap it up. Sure, but, sure. Um, this was uh, the pilot episode. We're still, we're still thinking on the name. Maybe we'll have okay, the name can, on the can next I comment one. on the yes, on yes. The, oh, that part. Yes. You have uh, two minutes. Okay. Two oh. minutes. So, ba- so basically, yeah. So then, of course, we were, you had the discussion about what if this is the left on whatever level, and I was thinking, well, and, and here's the thing, real quickly. So look, there's a pattern of false flags where you get these weirdos that get recruited by undercover FBI operatives. And they basically entrap them and um, what do they call it? They, they provoke them into creating actual acts of terror, oftentimes giving fake explosives um, or, you know, explosives can't go off. And then they have this big bus and they say, see, look at this danger. We need more funding. So this kind of false flags was done. So during the Bush era, the left would point it out when FBI would say, here's the shoe bomber. Here's the Christmas bomber. All these things where, again, it's this weirdo incompetent with this weird background with the criminal records off the times that are known, or or even on deeper levels, like with the, the Sarnoff or whatever, the, or the Boston bombers, where they had actual ties to federal oh, yeah. intelligence. We'll, we'll it, 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 you will get into that. So, so basically, you have this pattern of false flags in history. So looking at this thing, again, it fits that pattern more than it doesn't fit it. And so... Um, I was thinking, well, this is probably the anti-Trump deep state uh, within the FBI, because that's what the FBI does. Why wouldn't it just be, you know, anti-Trump and be more FBI doing it? So, so you know, so that, this is all sort of my content thinking when I first see these headlines, right? And it's all in a row. Boom, 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 boom. So then the next day, when I'm semi, I wasn't thinking, ooh, what's the false flag going to be? But it's kind of maybe in the back of my mind. And because we were talking about it the night before. And then I see it, it's a synagogue shooting. And so I'm thinking, well, I mean, this does happen and this and that. But again, it's the timing of this timing yes. of everything. And so... Um, timing is everything. So today I was looking at it. And just real quickly. Um, 30 the seconds. Pittsburgh Synagogue Rabbi Ripped Weak Gun Control Do Nothing Politicians After Parkland. Thoughts and prayers are only followed by more bad news. This is not an Orthodox Jewish community. And if they were having the event by this organization there, then there's a whole lot more to it. And I think gives it a lot more reason that there might be something else behind it. Yes, there's definitely something weird going on. Everybody knows it. We know it. You know it. Uh, We just want to thank everybody for listening, especially if you listened all the way to the very end. Uh, We're going to get better. We're going to get better uh, subjects. We're going to get tighter on our uh, recording. And uh, please bear with us. But thank you very much for joining us. Once again, this is Orlando Regales and... Uh, David Montes. And you've been listening to uh, Yet To Be Named Podcast. Thanks. (laughs)